It is the Drive with Tane Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Let's get back into talking some college hoops. Illinois-Purdue, a top 10 matchup coming up tomorrow. 7.30 Central, FS1 in West Lafayette. Let's bring in a guest to get a perspective from the, the national scene. Jim Root, three-man weave, also does work for Action Network and also Field of 68. Jim, thanks for joining us on the Tapman's Towing phone line. How you doing? I'm good. I'm just pumped that the game is on FS1 tomorrow. We don't have to dive into our Peacock subscription to get that one. <laughs> it's going to be a really, really good battle. Lon was just going on a little bit of a Peacock rant there, so uh, that that lines up. Nice transition. Perfect. Perfectly timed. <laughs> exactly. Well done, Jim. Well done. Jim, I wanted to start with this. In the It's a two-game sample size still for Illinois without Terrence Shannon, but so far early indications are pretty good. FDU, not a very good team. Illinois wins going away in that one, but a 30-point blowout victory over Northwestern kind of as someone that covers the team surprised me a little bit just how dominant they were but I'm interested kind of your gauge of Illinois post Terrence Shannon and as they go into a big one like this what what do you make of this squad without what looked to be a bona fide All-American yeah I I mean I I still think they can be really good Um, the the question is like can they get all the way to the top of the Big Ten which I, I thought they had that upside with Shannon in the fold um, it, it's hard to look better than they did against Northwestern. Uh, obviously, Damask really rose up and uh, became kind of that star piece. And, and he showed off really the game that I think has, has made him so tough to guard. All those mid-range fadeaways and kind of that mid-post area where you can just kind of put people in jail. Uh, I, I looked up the numbers to the, today. He's shooting 64% on mid-range jumpers this year, which is just like a ludicrous number uh, that's better than shooting like 40% from three or 42% from three. So he, he's really figured that out. And then, you know, everybody's kind of stepped up behind him with Goody into the starting lineup and Justin Harmon scoring a bunch of points over the last two games. So I think there's still quite a bit of upside. It's just it, how does, how quickly does it come together against an elite foe? And obviously uh, the first two games are at home where we're typically, you know, role players and that kind of, that kind of sort are, are more comfortable. And now you go into Mackey, which is you know as tough an environment as you'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's kind of a fun test, almost a, a no-lose situation for Illinois for them to, to take a shot at, at the Boilers. I know if you look at the net rankings as of now, uh, Houston, BYU, one and two in, in the net, and Purdue number three, but it, I'd argue no one has a better resume in terms of the wins. The fact that Purdue's beaten Arizona, they, they've beaten Marquette, they've beaten Tennessee, Alabama, on down the line – what have you seen from the Boilers? What do you think is different about them this year as opposed to last year? I think there's a little more speed uh, on the court, and that's partially just due to bringing in Lance Jones, which, you know, that's a fun – I'm sure you guys discussed some already, but, like, that mm-hmm. side uh, plot with, with Jones and Damasco going at each other after playing four years together. Uh, but he gives them a little more ball pressure uh, and, and another ball handler. I think that's also made Braden Smith a lot better where – he doesn't have to have it in his hands every single possession. You know, if there's a, a defensive rebound, he can go and Jones can bring the ball up. So it's got that extra element. And I, I just think Smith and Lawyer are better and more equipped to handle some of the athleticism that they've faced against. Like, I don't think they're capable last year of combining for 53 points against Arizona like they did, or a team of that defensive caliber and that level of athleticism. So to see them do that, and it wasn't even at home, you know, it was, it was a semi-home game for them in Indianapolis. But uh, I think that kind of opened people's eyes that they can have that kind of shooting performance and even take care of the ball a little bit. 
the way they did. So, you know, Edie's Edie. I don't – better. Maybe he's a little better than last year, but he's just as dominant. Um, and the guards got a little more speed, a little more dynamism, and just a little more experience to go there. Uh, so I, I think that's really what's changed them and maybe taken them up even another level than last year when they were already a one seed. Dynamism, solid word usage on a Thursday. <laughs> I love, and, and don't be fooled, Jim Root listens to every hour of our show. So I know he knows we talked Lance Jones and Marcus Damascus. I'm a Saluki, and of course I got to bring that up. Uh, Jim, <laughs> it, it's amazing what one year can do for this Illinois team, and it's, it's called getting older, right? And I know Brad Underwood last season had one of the youngest teams in the country, this season one of the oldest. Isn't it amazing how much of a difference that can make? Not that a younger team can't do well, as you know, from a national perspective, but it is amazing how it, it, it you know, sands, I guess, uh, uh, Shannon at this point, how relaxed Brad Underwood looks with this team. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, then obviously don't catch every press conference, but some of the ones that, you know, found their way to my, my computer last year with some of the frustration oh. he had with guys kind of, you know, whether they were making him angry or just not playing as well together. And, and I got that sense a little bit watching them last year, it felt like sometimes it was my turn, your turn yeah, on offense. Good and the guys were, yeah, they were good enough to do it. You know, obviously the offense had success a lot of the times, but you get to the highest level of competition and it got a little more stagnant. Now it, the assist rate as a team was, was actually a stat out that last year that was low for Illinois. I thought it would shoot back up this year because they've got more willing passers. It's still kind of low, but I think that's more a credit to just how good the isolation scores are with, with the mask and with Shannon. Um, there's just, it, to me, it feels like a more willingness to share the ball. And I think that experience goes towards all right, whatever it takes to win. It, it, there's very little interest in individual stat accumulation on Illinois this year, which I think is a major, major difference. And that typically translates more to winning when guys are just bought in and have been through the ringer and played enough college games where the only thing that matters anymore is, is just finding their way to the best seed in the tournament and, and going yeah. as far as possible. And yeah, I, I thought those are a really smart strategy brought in of, guys that can shoot, guys that have been around the block, and, and guys that are willing to share the ball. Jim Rude is our guest in the Tapman's Towing phone line. You can follow him on Twitter at Second Chance Points. Jim, on the note, it's, it's kind of interesting that Illinois got owned by Penn State last year, went 0 for 3, the, as Bradner would call the booty ball with Jalen Pickett, <laughs> the shooters around him. They've really taken that roadmap and, and ran with it with Damas' ability to back guys down and operate in the mid post. Ty Rogers is a bigger guard that – uh, was really aggressive early in that game against Northwestern against Boo Booey using his size. What do you make of just the kind of the offensive game plan that they're utilizing right now? At times, admittedly, obviously last year you kind of hit on that, the your turn, my turn, lack of cohesion. It seems like they've 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 bought in and acclimated well to this new game plan. Yeah, and it's it's funny, like, you know, I, I talked to a coach this offseason who he just said sometimes coaching is just stealing the best thing you see from somebody else. And maybe that's what Underwood's doing a little bit because of how effective that Penn State offense was. And and I would argue that uh, besides Pickett, Illinois is putting better players into that system, mm, yeah. you know, more, more dynamic shooters around them. I and mean, he, he brought in some really solid mid-major guys to just gun threes for Penn State. But Illinois guys can attack closeouts a little bit and you've got more size. Like that Penn State team didn't really have a true center to play that way. And, Coleman Hawkins can space the floor and he's to me the biggest key going into this Purdue matchup, because if he can stay on the floor out of foul trouble and you don't have to go to danger, 
you know, 20 minutes of the game, I don't know what Purdue does defensively because if Edie has to get out to, to guard Hawkins passing and his shooting, especially in pick and pop type stuff, that gets really tough on Illinois or on, on Purdue shell with how they want to guard. So Hawkins being able to invert the floor as a five man while the mask Rogers operate inside. I think that's such a crucial key against the way Purdue defends. Jim, we mentioned this early in the show and, and really dove deep into it for some reason for 30 minutes, but what about an idea of Zach Eady on the defensive end guarding Ty Rogers, who really has not shown any confidence in an outside shot and the idea that Edie could kind of plug that lane and kind of dare Rogers, if you will, to shoot from like 16, 17 foot. Do you think that would work? I'm, I'm surprised maybe that more teams haven't tried that against Illinois. Yeah, I, I think that's maybe not prevalent throughout the sport yet, but a lot of coaches are doing that where instead of matching up positionally, it's more based on like, can you shoot? Like I think um, Arkansas did that with their centers against uh, Duke where mm. Mark Mitchell couldn't shoot. So they were, they're putting their big guys on, on Mitchell and having somebody more versatile on Filipowski and then doubling him. So I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think then you have to get a little more creative with how you use Rogers. He's not going to be able to score one-on-one in the post against Edie, but some of that ISO stuff at like the elbow where maybe he can drive by him or get going and pull in a little bit of help from the corners. Um, Purdue's going to have to be really disciplined in that where I think you, you let somebody try to finish over Edie then rather than help off of a really good shooter in the three pointer or in the, in the corner, like Harmon or Goody. Uh, but I, I think you guys are on to something there, uh, and that's going to be something where either Underwood has already planned for it or, or has to make a quick adjustment based on Purdue's approach. Yeah, Jim, Purdue continues to be the favorite in the Big Ten. Illinois hoping to, to stay in that upper echelon and prove even if Terrence Shannon, regardless of how long he's going to be out, can they be that, that next-level team? And, and if they win this game, then the, the conversation changes. Maybe the Illinois could compete for a Big Ten title. But I, I want to get your thoughts on – Beyond Purdue, who do you like at the top of the league? Wisconsin's shown pretty well. Ohio State uh, has gotten off to a, a, a pretty decent start in the league. They're 2-1, and, one and, and on the whole, probably a top 25-30 to 30 team nationally. Uh, outside of Illinois and Purdue, what do you think about those two teams and just kind of the a league that seems on the whole down in terms of maybe NCAA tournament teams or, or national contenders for sure, but what, what do you think about the upper tier of the Big Ten? Yeah, Wisconsin's impressed me because I, I thought coming in they'd be a little bit of a carbon copy of last year. It's not just a slightly better version where, you know, defensive first and struggle to score, but their offense has been fantastic. They've been a little bit more willing to run, although that has tapered off some recently. Uh, but A.J. Storr has given them, like, that athleticism. I, I haven't seen – I've been watching Wisconsin since I grew up outside of Milwaukee and. I haven't seen them throw an off-the-glass alley-oop in a game probably ever. Uh, And to see them do that in the Big Ten game against Iowa, I thought that was crazy. Um, And then their freshman, John Blackwell, has also given them uh, a little bit of a scoring and efficiency boost. So their their offense has maybe opened my eyes to their upside. Uh, Ohio State's probably the opposite, where they defended better than they have the past few years. Uh, And I guess that's what happens when you take Bryce Sensible out of the equation because, boy, he was a turnstile. Uh, but they, they look pretty sharp, and I think Michigan State's really coming around too. I know they started 0-2 back in December when they had that rough stretch, but 
they're making a lot more shots lately. They actually look like they're having fun playing basketball, which is really not the case the first <laughs> month and a half or so of the season. Um, and, and we know they've got the upside, and Tom Izzo seems to do this with teams trend up late. Uh, they're just a little bit behind the eight ball in the, in the Big Ten race because of that 0-2 start. Illinois fans enjoying the discourse that's going around Indiana right now, especially yeah, after last night losing in Lincoln <laughs> and the idea of a, a roster that maybe wasn't all that well constructed. Is it How rough do you think this season's going to get for the Hoosiers? I mean, Khalil Ware has had a, a really nice showing, but the guard play leaves a ton to be desired. Mm. Yeah, I, like the one thing I like watching with with Indiana is the where to Renault kind of big to big passing. They, they seem to have a good link, but everything else, it's ugly. And David Johnson's return last night really added fuel to the fire that they might be better without him, that he's not that great of a leader. And of course, it's probably some rust to have you know, an 0 for 3 shooting performance with four turnovers. But yeah, I mean, they just they lack spacing. Uh, they shot 50% from beyond the arc last night and still got blown out at Nebraska. I think the defense has maybe been even bigger disappointment than the offense. Uh, they should be able to be dominant at the rim, and they're barely top 100 in two-point percentage against them. And like their their perimeter guy, Mbako, the freshman, just doesn't doesn't have any interest in playing defense. It's, it's a real <laughs> issue. So I, I'm I'm very concerned about Indiana. I think they could. You know, I'm looking at their Ken Palm page right now. Projected to go eight and twelve in the Big Ten. Mm. I think that's totally realistic. Yes. Um, their their efforts in their early buy games where they could not get away from Army, couldn't get away from. Florida Gulf Coast, like I think we're starting to see all that uh, having to pay the piper and going to start taking actual losses come Big Ten play here. A couple more for Jim Root. Three-man weave, field of 68, does an amazing job talking basketball. How about on a national level? Who's kind of somebody that maybe a team that is uh, stepping up in your eyes? Obviously, you've got a lot of the heavy hitters that we know about, but who's maybe a team or two that you're watching on the national level besides Purdue and Illinois, and really kind of enjoying with, with what you're seeing? Yeah, I, I think it seemed that, you know, I thought coming into the year, and really I could go twofold, I guess, with his answer, two, two teams from the Beehive State out west in Utah, hmm. uh, BYU, who, who's become an analytical darling. They're way up there in the net. They're way up there in Ken Palm, uh, mostly because they're beating teams by 50 instead of 30, and <laughs> how much does that mean to you? Maybe, maybe very little. But I think they're pretty legit in terms of having a ton of depth, a ton of shooting. They make like eight to ten threes a game, it feels like, at least, and they're shooting 40% uh, or close to it from deep. They've got size. They've been playing without their best big man for uh, almost a month now, and, and they haven't skipped a beat. They're really well coached, and they're going to have an incredible home court advantage in the Big 12. It's just, can they handle going on the road to – Houston and all the way across the country to UCF and going to Kansas and all those new environments. I think BYU is actually um, a legitimate top 15 team, maybe not top five, the way some of the, the rankings have them. And then Utah on, hmm. on the other side of that spectrum, the only team that's actually beaten BYU this year. Uh, they, they've got a ton of size, the tallest team in the entire country. I think their big man, Brandon Carlson, is, is a true All-American threat. And they've added up, uh, added some extra size, and uh, an old Big Ten player, Colt Bajima, is on the wing, giving them some shooting. And they just got, uh, with that two-time transfer rule, they got a point guard, Davon Smith, who's been at Georgia Tech, gives them kind of the speed and, and defensive ability that they needed in the backcourt. So I, I think they're kind of a, a big threat lurking that could end up challenging Arizona in the, in the Pac-12. 
Jim, I'm glad you brought up the scoring margin there and the BYU answer because it was something that Brad got asked about after Northwestern where he didn't empty his bench really until very, very late. They're up 30 in, in that game, and a lot of the starters are still playing. I'd hate to bring this up because I know your allegiance uh, as far as the bragging rights go, but, I mean, <laughs> Terrence Shannon Jr. was out on the court with two and a half to go, and they're up 30 on your Mizzou Tigers. And the question is, like, are you caring that much about the margin of victory because it can help your net and Brad said in the post game like you'd be dumb maybe not to think about some of those things that not that you're trying to rub it in on anybody but is that going on uh is that something that you've noticed with other teams as well and, and how much of that is a factor do you think in some of these metrics yeah it's, it's a huge factor and I, I struggle to really characterize or, or decide how much I think it means like, I don't know how much a difference in a team's net between 20 and 7 even is actually going to matter that much. What it does is actually it helps anybody who's going to beat you. So if Illinois gets up, you know, really even higher in those metrics, anybody that beats Illinois is going to have this massive, huge quad 1A win. Uh, so in a way, it's going to help your conference as a whole if you're blowing out all those teams in, in the non-conference. Um, but we have seen it starting to become even more prevalent than that uh, in, across the country. I remember seeing a couple, even Dayton player quotes, uh, where they were like, we know that winning by more than we're expected to is good and, and raises us in those in those metrics. So I think late in games, people are still putting up threes with their best shooters and they're less, has, or less likely to put in walk-ons with three minutes left because they don't want the margin to get shaved down by 10 points. And I... I can see the argument whether that's good or not for, for the sport and overall, but um, in, in more of a micro instance of it, if you got a bunch of teams doing that in the non-conference and maybe it overinflates them, like a big 12 team beating BYU now is like beating a top 10 net team mm. instead of the top 30. So it can actually have a really good um, uh, snowball effect for the whole, for the whole conference. Jim, I close with this more popular Jim route, you or the slipknot, guitarist Jim Root you know I think he's still more popular than me I've, I've gotten a couple messages here and there over the years of people asking if I am him and a couple times I said yes uh and I, I don't I guess they didn't notice my lack of guitar photos or makeup or anything of that nature um but yeah but not uh I think they're doing better than me professionally. I'll okay. just leave it there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I just happened to Google uh, Jim Root, and I was like, wait, hey, dude, he's the guitarist for Slipknot. That's awesome. I don't listen to Slipknot, but I'm sure he's probably a pretty good guitarist. So, well, listen. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my barometer. If I can pass him and being that's my that's my goal in life. I love it. <laughs> hey, thanks so much, my friend. This was great talking national basketball with you, talking some Illinois-Purdue should be a fun one tomorrow, and we'll see if uh, Matt Painter decides to put Zach Eady on Ty Rogers and how Illinois would counter that if it, if it does occur. Jim Root, thank you, sir. Yep, thanks, guys. You're a true gentleman for, for leaving out too many Mizzou jabs. I appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate it, Jim. Jim Root, field of 68, three-man weave, also does some work for the Action Network. Busy guy. Yeah, he's great. You follow him on Twitter, at Second Chance Points. He's been on the show a year or so ago. thought we had to dial that one back up to get his perspective on Illinois and Purdue and obviously can hit on anything nationally with him. Uh, the, the margin of victory thing is still quite it's interesting. It's weird. Yeah, I didn't know. I thought they had done away with that, to be honest with you. So it's kind of interesting. Jim would be the second guy we've had on 
that also has the same name as a guitarist. Who's the other one? I don't remember. It must have been a day that Kyle and I were here, and you weren't. And I Google, I Googled Jim because I, I just want, I like to see who I'm talking to, yep. right? Yep. And and I thought I remembered because I've watched uh, I've watched some of his podcasts, etc. But as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, yep, that's who I'm thinking of. But it was funny. I, I'm trying to think of who. It was somebody that covered like Nebraska football or something, and. He also had uh, the same name as a guy that was a guitar. I can't remember who it is. I'm sure Kyle would remember that, but I don't want to bother him on his extended vacation. Sure. Good Lord. I bet he's surprised that we're not calling him. Like, uh, oh, oh, you have to come back. <laughs> you know. The place is on fire. You know what he's doing? He's waiting for tomorrow. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I know I'm going to get the call from Lon. At like 10 a.m. about, you sure you don't want to come down and do the show today? Or at 2.55 when I'm trying to figure something out and I'm like, all right, I don't want to bug Piper because he's in Mackey. Uh, how do I do this? But Diane has already agreed to stick around till 3. Oh, that's very nice. Actually, she hasn't, but I just <laughs> mentioned that because she's in the other room and I thought, yeah, she'll stick around. What the heck? All right, she will. Before she heads down to Daly's for a cold one. Maybe we could just do that. Do we really have to have a show tomorrow? It was not Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we have not had an Eddie Van Halen on uh, to talk sports. That's funny, though. That's solid. I don't have any other guitarist names that come to mind. I, I would have to like rely on you. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, ah, man, all of a sudden, they're not coming to me. Who's like the best guitarist ever considered? I can't think of it. Mm. I, I'm, 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 I'm throwing a block. Let's look up Guitar Hero. <laughs> <laughs> I was I decent it. on that game. Did you ever play that? I did. Um, the boys, I, Lucas was kind of in that. Yeah. Um, so I did. And I know I, it didn't go back like to when you were a right, kid. But right, like right, it, right. I was not good at it. Yeah. I mean, it showed me once again how my lack of any musical ability. Oh, I don't think I was good at it either. Though I'm still going to, at some point, buy a drum set. And that is going to be my midlife crisis. I'm going to just beat the hell out of drums. I, I, th I think it'd be a good way to get in shape. Yeah. You don't see many fat drummers, right? That's a good point. So those guys, man, they work their tail off. Work up a sweat. Yeah. So, I, you know, I wouldn't. Yeah, Eric Clapton. That really nice. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily record anything that I was drumming, but it'd be fun for me just to knock it around. I mean, talk about taking some aggression out. Yeah. Just go beat up on it's the like drums. like Step Brothers. <laughs> right, that's right, yeah. Although I'd say if John C. Riley was an actual drummer, he might be one uh, of an out-of-shape <laughs> drummer. He definitely would. But um, Carlos Santana, good call. That's yeah. who I was thinking of. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, yeah. We're missing some big names here. Big names. This is like, who was one of the best Illinois basketball players? Yeah, and then and we, we like, named like... one per. <laughs> Wasn't Io pretty? Yeah, Io was pretty good. Is there any other ones? I come out with Tijon Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, no. Yeah, I'm embarrassing myself. All right, we got to catch a break. Yes. We're going to have Connor Onion on. He's flying. His flight was supposed to land in Chicago around uh, 4 to 4.15. Uh -huh. So he said he's going to do his best to call us around 4.30. So obviously we're there almost. Yep. So uh, hopefully we'll uh, hear from Connor. Hopefully he didn't have any flight issues, in other words, with delays, Absolutely. et cetera. So. Absolutely. 
Look forward to talking to him. He was on the play-by-play call on Big Ten Network on Tuesday with Robbie Hummel. We'll talk to him when that hotline blings, as Lon said earlier, <laughs> when the green light flashes. If you want to weigh in, you can. 217-359-2255. We need help uh, as far as the guitarist. More yeah. names are coming in. Stevie so you, Ray Vaughan. We know that you guys have us covered there. But uh, we'll be back next with Connor Onion. This is The Drive. Gear up to support your Fighting Illini this season at the official fan store of the Fighting Illini, Game Day Spirit. Shop their great selection of t-shirts, sweatshirts, and NIL jerseys as you cheer on your Fighting Illini. Visit them at the corner of 6th and Green in Campus Town, Neil and Kirby in Champaign, or online 24-7 at gamedayspirit.com. Game Day Spirit, where Illini fans shop. Are you looking for something this holiday season for your customers that can say thank you from you, but at the same time showcase your business and their support? The hunt is over. We offer custom wrapped coolers and lasered mugs, tumblers, water bottles in all shapes, sizes, and colors. Call us at Aftershock, 833-DECAL-IT, or look us up online, AftershockDD.com. That's AftershockDD.com. Ready for some much-needed pampering and girl time? We've got just the place. Call to schedule your very own private girls' night out at Merle Norman Cosmetics Studio. We're talking express facials, makeovers, and personalized beauty tips. Our masters of makeup will give you and your friends a chance to find the right foundation, learn what works for your skin, and rock some hot new looks. Call and book now at 217-359-8100 at Merle Norman. Find us on social media at Merle Norman Cosmetics Champagne. I'm Dr. Jaya Wadawan, and I'm a pediatrician with OSF Healthcare. RSV is respiratory syncytial virus, and it's very common in um, pediatric patients, especially in the age group of less than two years old. In RSV, some symptoms to watch for is um, fever, cough, wheezing, any difficulty breathing, decrease in appetite. So with COVID and RSV, it's difficult to differentiate the symptoms and the presentation of each. The best thing to do is go to your provider and get a swab for both COVID and RSV. Older people can get it. It presents more of an upper respiratory infection. However, in the pediatric population, it presents more in the lower respiratory tract, which causes more of severe symptoms. Treatment includes supportive care for fever, so that includes Motrin and Tylenol. And if they need further respiratory support, that would include some oxygen support and nebulization. Visit the website osfhealthcare.org org accumulation preservation generation at Busey Bank these are the principles we use to build meaningful financial partnerships with our clients and their families with sound advice and vast resources partner with Busey for a personalized approach to your legacy Busey Bank building business growing wealth since 1868 proud to be the official bank of the fighting Illini member FDIC
Back on the drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Let's go to the Tapman's Towing phone line once again. Good guess. Last segment with Jim Root, second chance points. He was awesome. Three-man weave, field of 68. How about Connor Onion now going to become the most famous Southern Illinois ah. Saluki on the airwaves, <laughs> overtaking Lante. <laughs> Connor, what's up, man? Thanks for joining the show. <laughs> I don't know if I've surpassed Lante. I think uh, I think I'm number two on this show, and I'm happy to be number two. <laughs> I don't know when I surpassed Mike Reese, so I, I'm excited to hear that I had done that. Connor, as a Saluki, I know you've got some Ball State, obviously, in you, but as a Saluki, it has been fun to watch you just ascend through this broadcasting business. And I know Mike Reese had put me on notice of you early on and I have really enjoyed your work and you did a great job of course the other night with Robbie Hummel just to remind everyone listening now that uh, that was you and Robbie Hummel in the game against Northwestern but uh, what's that been like I mean you were at the Under Armour game yesterday I mean you're all over the place I, I assume you just frequent flyer miles are a good thing for Connor Onion <laughs> <laughs> they are that and the uh, the Emerald Club at, at National and um, yeah no it, it's been a a busy fall and and I haven't been home much, uh, which is, <laughs> has been really really fun. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad that uh, I've I've had a chance to take a couple trips down to Champaign for football, a couple down for basketball. And um, yesterday was kind of the end officially of crossover for me. Um, so now it's it's all basketball for the next two or three months. So um, can be a little bit more singularly focused. But I kind of like the the rush of the fall where it's football, a little basketball, a little volleyball, and do a bunch of different things. Connor Onion, our guest. I had to have Derek Piper mute it for a second because I could not think of Bill Raftery's name. Connor, it's horrible getting old. I think a lot of it might be from SIU days as well. Some damage to the to the brain, and, and I think everybody knows what's going on with that. Um, you had a chance. Halloween party. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, you, you know what I'm going. Um, you had a chance to do, of course, and have done probably more than one, uh, a, a broadcast with – with uh, Raftery, and of course, he always says the onions, and you actually brought an onion. How cool of a moment. I know you've had probably unbelievable moments already in just a short time in your career, but how cool was that with Bill? Yeah, that was right up there near the top. Um, you know, part of it is that any time that I meet somebody in the business, they're like, oh, you got to do a game with Raft. And uh, for, for the last couple months, I can finally say, well, let me tell you about the day that I spent with Bill Raftery, which was uh, as as amazing as, as you would expect. Um, you know, he has a reputation of being a guy that likes to stay out late at night. And, <laughs> nice. Um, and we, we had dinner with our crew the night before we did Michigan State and Tennessee. It was the exhibition that Michigan State did before Illinois played Kansas on Big Ten Network. And um, we, we had dinner with the crew and then, uh, Raph kind of taps me on the shoulder as we're walking out and he goes, Hey kid, meet me in the hotel lobby in about 20 minutes. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, I know where this is going. We're, we're about to have, we're, we're about to have Raph hour. <laughs> so, uh, it, it, it wasn't, there, there was nothing super extravagant about it, but we got to sit at the hotel bar and, and you know, he, he told a million stories oh. and, um, just, just kind of got to know each other and, there's there's one quick one that I'm sure he won't mind me sharing with you, but uh, we're, we're about two hours into the conversation, and he gets a phone call, and he takes it, 
and I'm minding my own business for the 10 minutes that he's on this call and can't really tell who it is that's on the other line. Um, so I'm just looking straight ahead. I think a college football game was on, and he hands me the phone all of a sudden. Uh-oh. And I go, hello? And the person on the other end of the phone goes, Connor, this is Vern Lundquist. Oh, I'm sorry wow. you have to work with that old man. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. Wow. How cool is that? That's great, man. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm sitting there with Raph, and he's telling me all the stories from the old Big East and uh, doing the Big Ten for so many years. And, um, I, I, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm in a dream, and then I'm talking to Vern Lundquist on the phone all of a sudden. And it was what, one of those moments where it was like, I, I don't know how I got in the situation, but I, uh, I feel very fortunate to be here. Great story. Two legendary names there in broadcasting. And Connor, your work, you worked the other night with one that uh, is becoming a very prominent and popular one in Robbie Hummel. That game against Illinois, Illinois and Northwestern, I should say, a 30-point win for the Illini. As someone that covers the team a lot of questions what would this team look like without Terrence Shannon and they put on a show what was it like from your vantage point and what you saw from the Atlanta the other night yeah it's uh, I was kind of curious to walk into shoot around the other day um you know covering the Illini a couple times over the past several years um you know it's 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 typically pretty routine and they go through a lot of the same stuff the out-of-bounds sets and all that and um you know, you pick up a few things. I was really curious with this one just after the Terrence Shannon news, um, what morale would be like. Was there anything kind of hanging in the air where you could get a sense that um, that, that it was different? And I was I was pretty surprised, uh, pretty impressed that it, it really kind of felt like business as usual. Um, and that was not to say that I went from that practice into that game that night thinking, they're going to beat Northwestern by 30 points right. and score 94. Um, but just, just talking to coach Underwood, like obviously he, he's limited in what he can say. And um, he's answered a lot of questions there with the local media. Um, so we didn't spend a ton of time talking about parents in that situation. But um, what I, I think I said it on the air the other night, whatever he said when he addressed the team, when, yeah. when he talked about being up all night, must have been really, really good. And I hope at some point we get to know what that is. But uh, at this point, it's, it's kind of staying internal, it sounds like. And, um, man, I didn't expect him to score 100 points a game in two games without him. Mm. But obviously, obviously, tomorrow is, uh, is, is the big barometer going to Purdue. That's going to be huge. Uh, on the note of the Boilermakers, got to ask you, what's it like working with Robbie Hummel? Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Um, so easy to get along with. Um, and what what you hear on the air with with how he gets along with so many different people it's it's so impressive i mean he's feels like he's doing five games a week and sometimes that's with five <laughs> different play-by-play partners um but you can tell the respect that he has from the players you can tell the respect that he has from the coaches and um, i feel like that has you know working with people like robbie and Raph and being a younger guy in the business i think that's helped me walk into some of those situations and give me some credibility um, just because they, they trust those guys. And when I was with Raph, Rick Barnes spent an hour with us. When we were with Chris Collins and Coach Underwood the other day, they, they take 20 minutes when Robbie Hummel is in the gym to set aside some of the coaching stuff and give you some insight into their team. So 
it's um it, it it's a really really cool thing to be around him and, and just kind of see how he operates and kind of getting a behind the scenes look at that the other day it, it makes sense why he's doing the games that he's doing and and why he's so well respected by fans and by all the people involved on the personnel side too follow connor onion on twitter it's at connor onion he makes it simple for everyone uh, I've, I got to take you back down the Saluki path here. You got Lance Jones and Marcus Damask squaring up tomorrow in this game in West Lafayette. It's amazing how well, and I can speak more to Damask, although I know Jones is averaging double figures for Purdue, but it is amazing what Marcus Damask has been able to do, including the other night in front of you, uh, for this Illinois team. But how, how do you think that's going to go with those two squaring off, two former teammates down at SIU? I know they're pretty excited. Um, I, I had Purdue right before Christmas and, uh, Lance came up to me at shoot around and before we could say hi and catch up, he goes, Oh man, I can't wait for January 5th. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, good, good to see you. Lance. <laughs> so he, uh, I, I know those two, uh, still keep up a little bit and, um, we're, we're good friends when they're down there. And I think some of the guys that they played with still have a group chat going and, um, we're, are still keeping up with each other. Cause Dalton Banks is at Illinois state. Now he mm. played on that team. Yep. Um, so some other guys have kind of, uh, you know, gone on to, to other things, but, um, I, I think it's going to be really fun and it's, it's cool to see how, how well they've done, but also well, how, how well they fit in personality wise and yes. I, I didn't I didn't really think that that would be an issue um but the the FAU game watching the FAU game and seeing Marcus Damask do what he did in that game it, it struck me that was that had to be the first time in a, a long time or at least a stretch of games early in the season for Illinois where he has not seen a double for most of the game you know at, at SIU he was getting trapped as soon as he came oh. across half court he was getting trapped as soon as he got into the post and it, it had to be a sigh of relief for him to be like, all right, I can play one-on-one. I can, I can do what everybody likes to call booty ball and, and I could have my moment and dominate. So I'm, I'm not at all surprised to see how well he's doing for, uh, for the Illini. Connor on the Lance Jones side of things, what have you seen him add to Purdue? And it just seems like a squad that with their young guards taking step forward, that, well, they were one seed last year and a very good team that got upset in the first round, albeit they've, they're even evolved a little bit more this year than what they were last year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys just saw fairly Dickinson and how they like to play in that game after Christmas and the whole world thought with what they did against Purdue. And when they, when Purdue signed Lance Jones, like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. He's, he's almost the, the prototype of those two guards that fairly Dickinson now known as FDU um played uh in that tournament game against Purdue. So uh takes takes some pressure off Braden Smith and, and Fletcher Lawyer as far as handling pressure. Uh gives them a little bit more speed. And Lance Jones is a guy that you can hit an outside shot. I, I think what stands out is his quickness and his speed and what he does defensively, but um you know as, as long as he's not shooting him from forty feet He's, he's been pretty accurate, both at Southern and at Purdue. Um, and and I, I thought it was just it, – it made too much sense for them to do that. And, you know, it's, it's fun for, for uh, 
for our Saluki guys to say. You got Lusk on the sideline. You got yeah. Uh, that's that's one of their assistants who was a Saluki. Matt Painter, of course, head coach with SIU and uh, an assistant. Now you got the Lance Jones connection too. So there's a there's a little bit of an investment in the state too. Very cool. And of course, CeeLo the other night got a chance, probably I'm sure, to talk to Chris Lowry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's the captain of that defense, and yeah. Um, I I don't think they're going to have too many nights like they had on. Uh, I'm losing track of my days. What was that Tuesday? Right. Um, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think. You're don't in think Chicago, by the way, Connor. You're right now in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm pulled over. I think I'm pulled over on the side of. I don't know where. I might be on Lakeshore Drive. I might be on 294. But who knows? And and your your names again or what? Right. right. <laughs> That's awesome. Connor, what is prep like when you got a busy schedule and, and you got maybe a game the next night after one the previous? So, like, Unreal. if you go into the, the Illinois Northwestern, what does that look like for you in terms of getting all up to speed in terms of what you want to bring to the table in a broadcast? Yeah, um, I, I always start by watching. You know, I, I want to watch uh, at least the last game back for each team. And uh, the the nice thing about doing a lot of Big Ten stuff is that a lot of times I've seen the teams that sure. I've had earlier in the season. So, like Northwestern, I had their Dayton game. Uh, Illinois, I had the Colgate game a couple of weeks ago. So, that helps. I, I find it hardest when I I jump into some leagues that I'm a little bit less familiar with. That usually requ- requires a couple extra uh, extra phone calls. Maybe, maybe I'm watching uh, a little bit more tape, but... I'm going to do the Butler UConn game tomorrow night, which leads into the Illinois Purdue game, and I'll turn on the Illinois Purdue game. So I feel like I'm kind of in it with the Big Ten, and I've just been a fan of the Big. Ten. I grew up in the Chicagoland area, so um, I don't want to say it comes easy. Like it's still a lot of work. You guys sure, are doing sure. a show. Like it's it's still a lot of work, but uh, I feel like it comes a little bit more naturally when it is the Big Ten. So. Always start with tape and then uh, usually jump into the trends. Uh, Derek Burson, the sports information director for Illinois, does a great job getting us notes, as you guys know. And um, then a lot of it is hearing what Coach Collins and Coach Underwood have to say after they've gone through full prep with Scout and all that. So that's uh, that's kind of the process. I don't know if that's exciting, uh, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's that's how it goes. And then and then we get to talk ball for a couple hours, which is of course, a blast. I'd rather be at the hotel bar with Raph. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's, that's, that's not bad either. Right. Yeah. Reese taught you all the preparation. He just taught me how to go handle, handle things with Raph afterwards. You know, now I know why, now I know why you're where you're at and I'm where I'm at. This isn't fair. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, Connor Onion, we're going to let you get home, my friend. You are, it's crazy how many football games you have done and now basketball. And like you said, you're finally done with that crossover. So you can handle now basketball moving forward. But it's amazing what you've done. I'm a super proud as a Saluki to watch your ascension. I can't wait to just continue to watch you get more on the national level and, and, and get it done. So congratulations, my friend, and, and well done. And I promise we won't bother you much, but I wanted to get you on our airwaves once to uh, get, kind of get a lot of the Illini fans around here to get to know you a little bit better as well. So thanks, Connor.
Well, no, I, I appreciate those kind words and for having me on and uh, never, never a bother. I'm, I'm happy to pull over on an unknown street anytime <laughs> and talk to you guys. <laughs> Love it. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> appreciate it. Talk to you guys soon. All right, man. Connor Onion. Connor Onion, BTN, ESPN, and Fox. Super talented. He's busy. He's talented, and I'm super jealous of the hotel bar hangout oh, with Bill Rafferty. Can you imagine Raff just oh, going man. at it? What, what, what would he be drinking? A little gin and tonic? Mm, yeah. And just just ties loose, smoking maybe a cigar. A, maybe a scotch. Yeah, yeah, he's more of scotch. Yeah, good call. And he probably's not in a tie. But he's just, just sitting there just unraveling story after story and how do you respond to that you know i mean connor's a young man so i'm sure raf's probably bringing up names like i do sometimes with you where you're like i i don't know who andy petty is i mean rafter he's probably talking about like ronnie cycley from syracuse and you know connor's like who right <laughs> but it's that's that's very cool and uh i loved that call with Robbie Hummel, that's a good duo. I could listen to Connor and Robbie all the time. No doubt. I know we've had a couple of people here on the U of I line and lick text line pop up and say that uh, thanks for getting him because he's a really fun kid. I mean, he's young, and uh, he's got a future that is very bright. Very bright. It's awesome. Credit to you for getting him on yeah. the Tapman's Towing phone line. That was a fun conversation. I'm actually reading one of the gifts I got for Christmas is Dana O'Neill wrote a book about the becoming of the Big East. Oh, yes. And, uh, you know, putting it together and, and then also the early days of, you know. Oh, Lou Carnesecca. Yeah, Carnesecca. Rappery Mullen. at, at yeah. uh, Seton Hall, right? In um, Bayheim, oh. John Thompson. So that's been, I've, I've just been diving into that the last couple of days and reading about Patrick Ewing choosing Georgetown and going there, obviously. so That was uh, cool for me because obviously I grew up as a Big Ten fan, right? Yeah. And Channel 3 used to cover the Illinois games. So when you'd get a national game, it was really cool when it wasn't the Big Ten, even though I loved the Big Ten, obviously, but you'd get that St. John's versus Georgetown game. And it was really probably the first time that, to me, the world seemed smaller or bigger. I don't know how to, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but – it was just neat that I'm sitting here watching like uh, Patrick Ewing, you know, for with Georgetown and and some of those teams. The Big East, man. Oh, who was that? Lou Massimino, right? Yeah. Was it Lou Massimino yeah. and Lou Carnesecca, PJ Carlissimo? Carlissimo, yeah. Was another Carlissimo. I mean, just some of those guys that coached those teams back in the day. That it was really cool to think of some of those, and and it, it just seemed like big time basketball. Like live from New York, and you're like, "Holy cow, they're in New York!" But, but that's how it was with us. We didn't get a lot of, you know, we didn't get a lot of broadcasts from New York, you know. So it was pretty cool to see that. And when you're some kid from Camargo, it's like, "Holy crap, they're in New York!" Patrick Ewing's awesome. So it was really that, that's that, got to be a great book. That's uh, yeah, it's been it's been good so far, and that kind of stuff, as far as the the footprint in certain regions, is what kind of stinks about the conference expansion. I, I'm right? with you. I mean, I'm with you. I think diehard wrestling fans will talk to you about that. You know, old school guys on how certain, you know, wrestling like in Georgia back in the day and all of that. And, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it, it, it's different now for you and, like, my boys growing up. They don't really have that, like, the Midwest feel of the Big Ten or the East feel of the Big East. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I, I always joke that you got teams in the Big 12 that are, that are in Massachusetts or whatever. It's like, what? What? 
But it's at least weird. the uh, at least the Big Ten's about to win a football title. So. Oh yeah, Raleigh Massimino. What did I say? I think you said Lou. Lou. I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, good call, Sal. Raleigh Massimino. I said yes, like I knew. <laughs> I, I knew the Massimino name, but I knew I'd mess one of those up. Jim Beheim. Yep, there's another one with the big glasses. He had the huge squared glasses or whatever that covered half his face. Man, that was a good time. I was just reading last night about before they built the Carrier Dome, I forgot what the previous building was that Syracuse played in. They played Georgetown in their final game, and John Thompson and Georgetown went in and beat them, and this kind of started the rivalry. Thompson went to the mic with before any question and said, this building is now closed. Oh, and wow. After that, there was just <laughs> friction for like a decade between those two. <laughs> That was a great story. Oh, I loved that's it. That's awesome, so, uh, man. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Not many squared up with John Thompson. No. He was a big guy. <laughs> no he's doubt. the only guy that could look Patrick Ewing right in the eye back then. It's yeah. like, whoa, he's big. Yeah. Raleigh Massimino, that's my bad. Yeah, he was awesome, too. For sure. Good stuff. Do for a break. We'll wrap up the show after this. This is The Drive. Shivering in the winter, look no further than your local heroes at ABC Heating and Air Conditioning. Hi, this is Gina inviting you to give us a call at 217-352-5400 to book your appointment to make sure your furnace is run safely and efficiently this winter. We've been proudly locally owned and operated and have been serving our community for over 50 years. ABC, always be comfortable. Call me, 217-352-5400 to book your appointment today or go to abcheatingandac.com. When you're buying a battery, it's important to look beyond just the price and make sure you're buying a quality battery. So when you're buying one from the big box store, make sure you ask the question, what's the date on this battery? Is it dependable? Sometimes the big box stores have batteries that have been sitting on the shelf for years. Or you can just come to Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable, and buy your battery from the people who only do batteries. Interstate Batteries at 2504 North Madison Champaign, way out there, but totally worth the drive. How much is dependable worth to you? Interstate Batteries, open six days a week. Get the roof your home deserves by Roof Doctors, your residential roofing specialist that has always offered the best warranties in the industry, like our non-prorated 50-year warranty. Our customers love that we are family-owned and locally operated. We make our customer needs our top priority. With over 30 years' experience and the best customer service, give Roof Doctors a call today for your free estimate at 328-7529. In your community and for your community, Roof Doctors. I'm Justin Ike, co-owner of Fred's Plumbing, Heating, Air Conditioning, Electric, and Underground. So, Justin, tell me what you see as typical when it comes to sewer repair. Give me a scenario. Your sewer's backed up and somebody comes along and says, you need this repair for X amount of dollars. Here's my price. And you don't think to go looking for another company or a second opinion because you don't feel like you have time. So is it possible that you might get charged a little more because it's kind of a desperate moment? Do some companies do that? Oh, absolutely they will. They know you're in a pinch. Typically, if you call us, me or Will can be out there within an hour to look at that problem for you. Whether you call me first, you call me second. Make sure you give me a call. Anything else, Justin? You can always trust Fred's. Great to know. Thank you. That's Justin Ike, the co-owner of Fred's Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, Electric, and Underground. If you want more information about this great 45-year family-owned company, just go to fredscu.com. That's fredscu.com. About that time, about that time. Yeah, quick, huh? We got you tomorrow on the road. Yep, that's right. We'll talk to you. We'll hear from Brad Underwood. Jason Thompson's going to come in and do the show with me. 
So uh, we will have some fun with that and get get your everybody ready for. I think Hans D's. Coming. I was going to say Hans texted the group and said, "Let's go, man. You want some who you got? A little who you got tomorrow." So we'll have everything we need. I, it's just me running the show now. Oh boy! With the new system, I this can't is, wait. It's going to be big to hear how this goes. <laughs> That's sad that for basically 14 years I ran the same thing and it was like I could do it blindfolded. Now I am terrified for tomorrow. I feel like it's my first day at the station. <laughs> like, oh, crap. Quarterback just got thrown into a new system. Right. Like, oh, man. You can do it, Lon. No, I think I can handle it. Yeah, you'll be good. You've been a good teacher. You'll be good. So uh, we'll get that figured out. Uh, we definitely appreciated the opportunity to talk to Connor Onion, yeah. play-by-play broadcaster, Fox, BTN, ESPN on the Tapman Towing phone line. Also, Jim Root, Three Man Reeve. Awesome. I cannot mess up. I keep messing up the Three Man Weave. Run it again. <laughs> on the line. Three Man Weave, Field of 68. Good breakdown, Illinois Purdue. And then also his thoughts on the national scene as well. So oh. I'll look forward to catching up with you and Jason tomorrow from yes. the road on the way over to Mackey. That place is going to be on fire tomorrow night. Oh. And uh, hope the line I can hang and maybe even pull it off. I always knew when my high school coach, Jim Riddle, was kind of in a good mood because he'd blow the whistle and he'd be, boys. <laughs> and there'd be this pause. And he always uh-huh. had this blue, the old blue jumpsuit on or whatever. And he'd, he'd pause and he'd kind of smile and he'd be like, on the line. <laughs> Crap! Yep. <laughs> it was awesome. Yep. Hey, be safe and have fun. Get we'll us a winner for the heck I, of it. I'll do my part. I don't know what I'll, I'll <laughs> let's, contribute. Let's but see uh, you guard, Zach. Yeah, <laughs> right. I got five fouls to use. Right. <laughs> but uh, everybody have a great night. Lon and Jason will talk to you tomorrow, and I'll join you from the road. Until then, this is The Drive. You know that Big Bargain detergent jug is 80% water, right? 80% water? I thought I was getting a better deal because it's so big. If you want a better clean, Tide Pods are only 12% water. The rest is pure, concentrated cleaning ingredients. Ooh, pass me the intercom thingy. Attention shoppers. If you want a real deal, try Tide Pods. Don't pay for water. Pay for clean. If it's got to be clean, it's got to be Tide Pods. Water content based on the Leading Bargain liquid detergent. A tradition of excellence over 150 years in the making. At Busey Bank, we're committed to building relationships that span generations. Wherever your journey in life leads you, we are with you along the way, creating a legacy.